What's going on, family? It is your most motivating coach. I'm here today because I haven't been on in a while. I haven't been on in a couple of days. And um, I'm a little bit more quiet today than I normally am. Uh, I know y'all expected me to be super duper hype and uh, and all of that. I still have the energy. Um, today is a transparent moment. Uh, something was said to me um, about a week ago in my class. Um, and yeah, man, share this. Share this video. I think there are people who need this. Um, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Um, share this, man. I believe that there are people that need to hear this. Pastor Timmons, what is going on? That's my sister, y'all. Um, so, y'all see the topic of the video is misplaced irritation. So, uh, about a week ago, in the class that I'm in in Arkansas, um, I gave a presentation for my class. And my class was, uh, my topic was leadership. Um, spoke very powerfully. Gave very powerful wisdom. Um, as it pertains to leadership, um, spoke a lot of truth, um, didn't have a lot of time. So I gave what I had, um, and it was so impactful to the point where, um, after class, some of my classmates requested that I teach a public speaking, a short public speaking clinic in the lobby of the building that I live in. I agreed. I said, sure. Why not? Uh, I'd love to. Let's do it. So another classmate of mine who I hang with on a regular basis, um, we went out that evening, uh, went and ran some errands. And he uh, we were just talking, you know, regular conversation, just like we always do. And um, he said, uh, he said, bro, he said, I don't I don't want to offend you by what I'm about to say. I said, oh, no, no, not at all. I said, I'm not easily offended. Come on with it. He said, uh, he said, man, I was listening to you speak today. And uh, he said, man, you talk pretty much every day on a regular basis. We sit next to each other in class. He said, man, you you give a lot of good notes. You uh, you don't really over talk. You, you speak when necessary. Other than that, you don't say anything. He said, but man, whenever something leaves your mouth, he said, man, I feel like, man, I feel like somewhere down the line, you could have been a preacher. I feel like you could have been a pastor or something like that. And I looked at him and uh, I looked at him for a couple of seconds. And I said, no, nah, I'm not offended by that. You know, I said, you're not the first person to say that. You know, I moved on. And uh, so a couple of days after that, I think this was like this past weekend, um, he asked me to ride with him to go get something to eat Saturday. And, of course, me and him were talking again. Um, we got into a particular topic that had some depth to it. And so I gave my insight on the particular topic and everything. He said, man, I just can't help but feeling like every time I hear you talk, you just, I mean, he said, I just feel like you could have been a preacher. He said, man, I'm going to start calling you bishop. And, you know, it was a little funny moment at the table because it was me, him, and some other classmates from other classes. We were all in the same spot. And um, so on the way back, and this is, I promise y'all, I'm going to get to the meat of this now. And so on the way back, we're driving. And uh, he's driving. I'm in the passenger side looking out the window. And uh, I said, man, I want to tell you a story. Uh, I said, you told me twice that uh, you listened to me speak and I probably could have been a preacher. And, um... Man, and some of y'all who are tuning in to watch this, some of y'all who are even going to watch the replay, y'all are probably not even going to, y'all probably not even going to know this. But I want to share this with you for a reason. And I said, man, you told me twice that you feel like I could have been a preacher listening to me talk. And uh, he said, yeah. I said, well, so I want to tell you a story. So several years ago, uh, I was in ministry pretty consistently. 
Um, I was a youth pastor for an extended amount of time. Um, I did the work. I did. I did the work. Uh, I served with everything I had in me. And uh, I feel myself getting emotional, y'all. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. And um, I served with everything I had. And um, I was mishandled by a leader in the church who was my pastor at the time. And uh, so because of that, I took out, watch this, because of that, I took out my anger with my leader on the church. And I called it church hurt. After this particular situation took place, and I don't want to get too deep into it. After this particular situation took place, I left the church altogether. Uh, stopped preaching. Stopped doing ministry. Period. I stopped serving. All that. Stopped all of it. And um, because I was, I was mad with the church. Not realizing, and this is what's going to help you. I was mad with the church not realizing that I was mad at the entire body of Christ for what one individual did to me. Hear this now. Hear this. I was mad with the entire church, the thing that God created to house people, to give them the place of worship, to give them a gathering place, a gathering position. I was mad at the thing that God created as an establishing place for believers. I was mad at the entirety for something that one person did to me. And I walked away from the church. I stopped preaching. All of it. I stopped everything that I was doing for the church. What brought clarity to this? Well, who rather brought clarity to this was a good friend of mine who was still my brother, my best friend to this day, Pastor Bobby Sims Jr. of the Emerged Church of Hattiesburg. Follow him at him. Um, he told me one day he, he took me from my hurt place and he mentored me and he said, you can't be mad at the entire world. Man, I promise you, this is about to bless you. He told me, he said, you can't be mad at the entire world for something that was done at home. And I didn't understand how deep that really was at the time. But as time went on, but as time went on, I started to understand that what I was doing was I was misplacing and displacing my irritation with one person. And I was projecting it on the entire body of believers. And anybody who knew me at that time would tell you that I was I wasn't for church. I wasn't. I wasn't for church. I don't want to hear nothing from no pastor. I don't want to hear nobody prophesying to me. Don't tell me nothing about no Bible. Don't tell me nothing about no scripture. I don't want to hear no prophecy about how I'm called to preach and how I'm called to do this. All that. Miss me with all that stuff. I don't want to hear it because one person did something to me and I blame the entire and I blame the entire body of believers for something one individual did. Here's the thing with most of us. Um, man, I'm trying not to get amped up. Here's the thing for most of us. I'm going to control my energy today. Here's the thing for most of us. Most of us are mad at the church 
for something an individual did who happened to be present at the church. When in actuality, what you're experiencing is not church hurt, but you were hurt by a person. And instead of telling that individual, hey, you hurt me and having them take responsibility for the hurt, you decided that it was easier to blame everybody for something that one person did. This gives me a reason and an excuse to not return. This takes the responsibility away from me. And now lays it on someone else and another place that it should have never been. Most of us, if we could be honest with ourselves, have ran into times and situations where one individual has hurt us. And we've decided to turn our backs and our faces on the entire world off of one individual's mistake. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's, it's most of us. It's a lot of us. Well, I just can't trust nobody. I just, I just, I, I ain't finna give nobody the benefit of the doubt. I've, I've been hurt too many times and I just seen too much stuff go sideways for me to put my trust in that. No, what it is, is you refuse to accept responsibility that trust is in your hands. And if someone else breaks it, that's not your fault. That's theirs. It's not for you to displace the whole world because one person made a mistake. But what it is, is it's for you to analyze who that person really was for you in the first place. The truth of the matter is most of us aren't hurt because of something that we have probably did wrong. Most of us aren't hurt because of a bad decision that we probably have made. Most of us are authentically hurt because we're not really analyzing the role of people in our circle. And what we tend to do is we tend to take past irritations, past letdowns, uh, past heartbreaks, past burned bridges, and carry them into a new place. So that the first time somebody makes us mad, the first time that somebody irritates us, the first time that somebody lets us down, whether it be by accident or on purpose, the first time that somebody says something and something comes up that they can't follow through, we drop them. We throw them away. We throw them to the side. I want us all to ask ourselves a very challenging question. If everybody who we did that to would have thrown us away, turned their face on us, turned their back on us, where would we be? If every person you broke a promise to turned their back on you, where would you be? If every person you told you were going to do something and you didn't do it because it was maybe accidental or because something else came up, what if they turned their back on you, then what? What if the person that you wronged chose not to forgive you? Then what? What if the person who said they would bless you didn't? And you turn your back on them every time. Where would you be? What if the people who said they were going to, what if you said you were going to pour into somebody, but for happenstance, you didn't get the opportunity to do so. And they turned their back on you. What would it look like? What if the God that we say we serve, that we say we believe in, that we say we pray to, that we say we praise, that we say we worship, that we say that, that we say we, we have a knowledge of, that we say we believe? What if every time we turned our back on what he told us to do or closed our ears to obedience? What if he turned his back on us? This is challenging. What if when we were born... Our mothers and our fathers turned their back on us and decided, 
Ah, it was a mistake. I don't want to deal with that. What then? What would we be then? The challenge that I want to give you is as much as you've been forgiven, as much as your broken promises and your shame and your irritation And you doing other people wrong and you breaking promises to other people and you letting other people down and you not doing what you're supposed to do in the middle of all of that. I challenge you to really analyze how much room do you have to be unforgiving? How much room do you have To not give someone a chance. How much room do you really have to cut someone off? How much room do you really have to talk about what someone is and what someone is not? How much room do you really have to criticize? How much room do you really have to talk? Answer this. We're quick to drop somebody. We're quick to point out their faults. We're quick to point out what they didn't do. We're quick to point out what they did to us. But what about all the times that we did the same stuff to other people? How much room do we really have to talk? I dare go so far as to say the topic of this video. Your irritation is misplaced. Every time that you get mad at somebody else for something that you've probably done before, I dare you to take that same anger that you're giving someone else, that same energy that you're giving that other person, that same negative attitude, that same dirty look that you're giving someone else. And I want you to go look in the mirror and do the exact same thing. Keep that same energy. It's your most motivating coach. I'm out.